3: Welcome to Marketplace. In our headlines, World Bank warns inflation could go up significantly by the end of this year, higher than 54.1%, recorded in
4: 2022. Now, this is the IMF team wraps up Ghana's program review and Article 4 consultation. As indications are that the country will pass the test for the release of $600 million.
3: Some oil marketing companies increased prices of petroleum products at the pumps with petrol going for 13 CDs 49 per and diesel 13 CDs 95 per liter.
4: We have details of these stories and more after this. Now the world bank is warning that inflation in ghana and three other african countries could go up significantly by the end of the year the britain wood institution in its latest africa Pulse report said inflation will go up by about 10 percent from what was recorded in 2022 ghana ended last year with an inflation of about 54.1 percent the projection is therefore sending disturbing signals to the country this is despite inflation falling to 40.1 percent in the month of August now. Meanwhile, the World Bank Chief Economist for Africa, Andrew Debalen, says the outlook of inflation
5: and growth is not good for the region. Economic activity in Africa continues to be subdued. Um, Growth this year will be 2.5% compared to 3.6% last year. So that has declined. Now, but... You know, if you think about the reason why that is the case is because a lot of large economies in Africa are underperforming. Uh, We still have lots of conflict and violence that has actually ratcheted up. And um, finally, we also have this global economy that continues to hang over the continent's uh, 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 recovery. Now, 2.5 is low, but it's still positive. However, if you basically account for population growth, which is also around 2.5, Effectively, that means GDP per capita growth in Africa has been zero this year. Now, this is not, um, this is actually the ninth year in which African GDP per capita growth has hovered around zero percent. So in a way, the continent has lost an entire decade. In addition to that, debt levels continue to be really high. And that has really put a lot of dumper on how the countries can mobilize resources in order to invest in, you know, core development, like, you know, education, health, water systems, uh, infrastructure, and so on and so on, right? So that has been, in fact, half of the countries, more than half of the countries, are now considered to be either in debt distress or in high risk of debt distress, which means that if a small shock hits them, they're likely to run into a real financial crisis. Another bright spot is on inflation, right? So the median inflation, which is higher inflation, has actually declined from about 9.3% last year to 7.3% this year.
3: A visiting International Monetary Fund team is wrapping up its review of Ghana's program and Article 4 consultation this week. The team has been in the country for the past two weeks assessing the economy. George Riafe has more.
6: The visit by the IMF is not only about tracking Ghana's first review under the IMF program, but also to undertake what is called Article 4 Consultation. This is more of an assessment of Ghana's economy as well as future threats. Now on the IMF program, Joy Business is learning that Ghana has passed most of the targets set under the program. One can talk about the qualitative and the quantitative targets. We also understand that the June and the September and then fiscal targets have been met by government. However, there are some issues with the energy sector restructuring when it comes to payments of arrears and some reforms that should be undertaken by government. But sources say this might not be that significant enough to affect government chances. Of passing this review, the team is expected to end the exercise, possibly today with a release or some media engagement. From here, the IMF team is expected to put together its report and forward it to the IMF board for consideration. If the IMF board passes this staff report, it will then go ahead to approve some $600 million to be disbursed to Ghana before the end of November 2023. Well, we'll all be waiting for this final report that the visiting IMF staff team will put together about Ghana, as well as the assessment of the current state of the economy.
4: To help us understand the impact of these issues on the economy, Professor Ejapoma Jeche Dako of the University of Ghana Business School, she is an economist. Grateful to you for joining us here. Worried about the World Bank's projection of inflation outlook despite the rate of inflation slowing?
7: Um, Good afternoon to your listeners. Um, Can you hear me, please? Good afternoon to your listeners.
4: We can hear Um,
7: you. Well, I am not so worried with the outlook um, on inflation to be specific, because um, we see that if we're comparing this year to last year, um, we can see that one of the things that actually caused our inflation to soar had to do with the uh, um, stability in our currency. Our currency was quite unstable. And um, this year we are seeing a bit of stability in there, and therefore we expect that, um, that would feed into lower imported inflation and that obviously would feed into um the inflation that we would be experiencing um if you take a look at um the posture of the central bank of ghana um last year when the, uh, sorry last month when they went for um their mpc meeting you saw that um they are beginning to take a more accommodative And posture towards growth. And um, since their analysis is usually a a forward-looking one, you envisage that they are expecting their expectations about inflation um, is getting milder. So I'm Mm. not really, really worried about um, the outlook of World Bank as far as inflation is concerned. Mm. Um, The only thing that would sway us off the gear may be if an unexpected you know, fiscal measure is introduced. Okay. Like what we saw somewhere in July. Um, you know, in July we saw some disinflation. In June thereabouts, mm. we began to see some disinflation, and all of a sudden we saw that um measures in taxes were introduced. And okay. those mm. sort of threw off um the projections okay. that the Bank of Ghana probably may have done. And that and um, caused inflation to soar again, so I'm okay. not really um, worried about
4: the the um, the outlook. Now, now the bank is also projecting a 1.5 percent growth rate by end of year, uh, but the Bank of Ghana governor thinks otherwise. He is arguing that GDP growth will reach over three percent by end of December. What do you make of it?
7: Well, I can't say for sure that it's going to be reaching about three percent, but I think what I can say is that we are going to be doing better than the one point five percent that is being, you know, projected by um by the the World Bank. And my reasons would obviously boil down to what I just spoke to you about inflation. You know, because inflation was um, soaring, because we're seeing increases in the rate of inflation, obviously um, the Bank of Ghana also took a certain posture where they were more um, restrictive, right, than expansionary. So for um, a few months now, from the beginning of the year, they have been more restrictive in their posture, increasing the monetary policy rate to ensure that, you know, we have, um, we tighten up. Okay. And um, obviously, if they are expecting, and I'm sure this is why Governor Addison is making the projections that he's making, that if he's expecting inflation not to go out of gear, then their posture towards, um, how do we call it, Wolf. towards monetary policy mm-hmm. is going to be more expansionary. And we've seen that the restrictive policy that was being taken obviously would have affected businesses Investments would have been affected, and um, that would have dampened consumption as well, and then growth, etc., would have been stifled. But given that they are being more accommodative towards growth now because of their expectations of inflation, I, I believe that is the basis for which he's saying that and okay. um, he expects growth mm. to go up because if they take an accommodative posture I um, I don't want to use the word expansionary but an accommodative posture investment is going to be boosted consumption is going to be increasing mm. and that would feed into the growth outlook that mm. um, you know
4: we are expecting again as a country and um, wo-
7: wo- secondly we are also and um, just a quick one. We are okay. also one thing that we should also bear in mind is that global outlook also influences um, what we do over here. And the global outlook is becoming more friendly. We've seen many of the countries like the US and um, the UK also um, watching the hikes in the policy rates. And that obviously is going to be influencing what we do over here, because once they they have hikes in their policy rates, we are also, in a way, being forced to hike our rates. And so if they are taming down on the hikes, obviously, we are also going to be taming down and Mm -hmm. then investment, we expect investment and consumption Mm -hmm. to also rise to boost Mm -hmm. um, demand and then our our output. Mm -hmm. So I expect us to do better than the 1.5, obviously.
4: If you can do this for me in a minute, I'll be happy. What must we do to insulate ourselves from these perennial economic shocks uh, that we do, you know, witness year in, year out?
7: Well, we we have, I think day in and day out, we keep, paying lip service, let me put it that way, to what we need to do. We know what we need to do. We know that um, our structure, the structure of our economy itself has, you know, issues. And we haven't over the years, and if I say over the years, right from independence to date, we haven't been able to build that, sorry, build that kind of um, resilience in our economy that we need to be building to make sure that we are withstanding shocks. We have basically being um, an import driven country and um, thankfully we've managed to get oil that is helping us but you know the the sorts of agreements that we go into um for our resources also don't help and um, we have um, limited ourselves to the primary goods that we have known since um, Dr. Kwame Nkrumah's time. We have not really thought about how we can, or we have thought about how we can diversify the economy, but we we have not really put in um, real measures that would actually let us. I mean, implemented the measures that would let us move into the direction that would make us self-reliant. So I think that we need to be focusing greatly on how to become self-reliant as um, a country. We produce what we eat. And also, we need to be thinking about um, our expenditure, um, making sure that we are not going beyond what we are supposed to um, be going, I mean, be aggressive. With our revenue mobilization, and uh, we say it oh. all this time. Mm. The measures are there, but we have not really been aggressive. I mean, we should be more efficient in okay, the collection Prof. of our taxes so that we can spend what we are actually mobilizing. Okay. Um, yes.
4: Uh, Professor, I'm grateful to you uh, for joining us here. Professor Ejapoma Dako, is an economist with the University of Ghana.
3: Now, some oil marketing companies have increased prices of petroleum products at the pumps. The review Joy Business is Learning was carried out on Tuesday, October 3rd, 2023. Shell is selling a liter of petrol at 13 CDs, 49 pesos. Diesel, on the other hand, is going for 13 CDs, 95 pesos. Another major player, Star Oil, is selling a liter of petrol at 11 CDs, 99 pesos, while diesel is going for 13 CDs, 39 pesos. meanwhile some omcs are still here to adjust prices of fuel at the pumps in other
4: stories the uh, junior staff association of the tema oil refinery has demonstrated against the tour and torrent code deal calling for the board of the refinery to be dissolved the association is accusing the board and management of acting not in the interest of the refinery let's go on zoom and speak to executive director of the institute of energy affairs nanamwesi the seventh and i'm grateful to you for joining us here first of all do you think tomorrow refinery and Toronto partnership will help solve Tor's fundamental issues
8: okay so the name is institute for energy security not the institute for uh, energy affairs thanks thanks for At the point of correction thanks for the correction okay come again with a question please
4: so so i was asking of what you do make of this partnership between TOR and Torrent and whether this will help solve TOR's fundamental issues.
8: Well, um, for, for many years, uh, the IES has been pushing for private sector involvement in the operations of TOR, and for two or three reasons. One, um, And so, the private sector involvement will be able to inject some capital to ensure that key components of the refinery are brought to uh, standards and for an efficient operation. It will also help to procure crude uh, as well. Aside the uh, capital injection, you will also want to believe that the private sector brings in some level of efficiency. Currently, at all, and for many years. Um, political interference has been one of their, uh, you know, challenge because you don't seem to get the right people at the helm of affairs. The private sector can introduce that kind of uh, competence and efficiency in their uh, program. And so we are for private sector, participation in the business of talk, not necessarily government holding 100% equity in a business that yields negative return.
4: But But, 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 the staff are alleging that this deal is not in the interest of Tor. how do we go about yes we need private sector to participate but that participation should be near to the benefit of the entity
8: is that the case that's the point i was getting to that yes private sector participation is okay however um it depends on who is pattern at and what the person brings on board will there be value for money and for this deal um it's always go and hit a snag because it's, 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 it has failed to garner that type of uh, uh, staff support and also the staff complain that it is not transparent uh, in its current stage. And so they want to be brought on board to understand the technical and economic dimension of this. If that is done, I'm sure it could pass. But for now, uh, the IES cannot uh, you know, say that the mm-hmm. Terranco deal is the best because it changes in forms, it changes in shapes every passing month. Until we find it, see the final document, we cannot say it is the best.
4: Mm. But with the senior staff backing the deal, what do you think must be the way forward?
8: Well, it's just a section of the senior staff that are backing the deal. If you go into TOR, there are two key unions. The Chemical Workers Union have one, then of course the Unicov also on another side. If you count the number, you will have more than 60% of the staff on the side of the Chemical Workers Union. As against the Unicov, and even within the Unicov, it is the leadership, as we understand, that is uh, uh, you know for the deal, um, a deal that we don't have uh, you know the full handle, handle on as to the details in it. And you know the devil is always in the detail. Okay. And so it's a section of the staff that is back in it, not the entire staff, as we get it.
4: Okay. Grateful to you, Nana, for joining us here. He is the executive me. director of the Institute for Energy Security.
3: Now, the Ghana Institution of Engineering has reiterated its commitment to promote and advance the training and practice of engineering for social good. President of the institution, Engineer Kwabna Bimpon, said his outfit is seeking to partner other organizations to help create opportunities in traditional areas. He spoke to Joy Business at the signing of a Memorandum of Understanding between his outfit and the Paramount Chief of Asing Singh traditional area.
9: Pra the Sith. The signing of the MOU between the institution and the Paramount Chief of Asin Orenchi, Traditional Council is to complement the efforts of Imunabubu Pra Ajinseim the Sith to the development of the community into a historical and eco-friendly tourist attraction in the central region. President of the Ghana Institution of Engineering, Engineer Kobina Bimpon said the institution is excited to provide its expertise and knowledge in ensuring that the vision of the community is achieved.
6: We want to have an engineer innovation centre. I had so many things, they were easy. And <laughs> but like architects do, they take all that you are, you know, we are dreamers. When, you, As a client, you become a dreamer. You dream so many, some of the things are probably, you end up building um, in, in the sky where you, those Castle. stars, castles or skyscrapers in the, <laughs> the sky but they will try and bring you down to earth and that is where he developed a design brief and with the design brief I shared with my uh, counts. well at the time I was not yet the president but then I shared with the president engineer professor Charles Anuma Dams now, this is what I would like to do in the future. On
9: this part, the paramount Chief of Asino Renchi Traditional Council, Hunabubri Prajins, said the partnership has been established to make him the vision for his community come through.
8: And I'm very impressed. I I, I nearly lost hope this country because I made the mistake of following and having confidence in the politicians until I met you guys.
6: <laughs>
8: Every multimillionaire civilised man or woman has a country home. Mm. Everyone. Because there is something outside the city that is good for the brain.
9: The EV will not only attract tourists but also create employment opportunities for which will contribute to economic growth for the area.
3: That's how we wrap up today's edition of the marketplace. My name is Emma Davis.
4: And I'm Samuel Kojo Brace. There's more on myjohn.line.com for slash business. Enjoy a day. Good afternoon.